What's going on with your beard game? Lazy. <laughs> what are you doing with that? Lazy. Man? Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to look. Uh, you shaved. Yeah, he's he got a good rough, looking yeah. game going on. What's, what's like your lazy. plan? <laughs> I'm going to ask you all, like, what's your plan with that? It's just laziness. As soon as I get back and remember to do it, I'll really? take care of it. Yeah. You don't ever just look in a mirror and like, actually take often. care of that? No. Yeah, I mean, you just, you, I don't know. Is this indicative of your life right now? <laughs> it kind of feels like it is. I'm not going to lie to you. I think your facial hair is. I think in a lot of ways it is indicative of what's going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. more emotions on a sleeve. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you feel overwhelmed. I guarantee when you feel overwhelmed and stressed out and tired, you look in the mirror. You, you look terrible. Looks good. We're ready to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going in like this. Got into the shower, so that was over the first battle. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Get you straight. Now. There you go. Appreciate you. Always looking out. Uh, so on this episode of Clinically Pressed, we're at UWL in the press box with Coach Mike Schmidt, uh, new football coach here, back, back, back to the alma mater. Got it. Um, so just a little introduction material. You're both baseball and football here. Yep. Yep. I played. I was a four-year starter on the baseball team and two-year starter on the what position were you? Football team. Baseball. Well, I started in the outfield my first couple years, and then my junior year of football, I actually tore my my UCL and my throwing arm playing football. So I tore my Tommy John ligament playing wow. football. Um, I did it on the first play of a game. And a, a guy came down and I just caught my hand and his entire weight came through and Oof, got me. Uh, and uh, I was just pissed because I got <laughs> hurt. Like I knew I got hurt pretty bad. You know, you know when it's serious like that, right? But I didn't come out. I kept playing. Well, then I couldn't use my my elbow and my hands or anything when I was blocking. I was a fullback. And uh, so I ended up getting a separated shoulder that, that, like, five plays later on the same drive, <laughs> right? So I keep playing, and finally, at, like, halftime, like, all right, no more. Like, you can't even, like, move your arms. Just bust it up. And then the next morning, I woke up and had ringworm. It was, like, the worst <laughs> day of my life, right? Like, it was just the worst thing ever. But anyway, so that, I couldn't. I couldn't throw a baseball for because we, you know, had I had surgery to, to get it yep. taken care of, the recovery time would have been so long for both football and baseball um, that I just I just kind of got through it and rehabbed it as much as I could. I couldn't throw a baseball for, for a year, you know, about a year before I could actually throw one um, with it and just got through and DH'd my junior year of baseball and then ended up moving to first base for my senior okay. year. So. Um, kind of a progression down, I guess, <laughs> into a lot of things. But um, so you're still without the UCL? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't done anything with it. It's just all scar tissue in there, and about a hundred uh, bone chips or uh, bone spurs and stuff when there we looked at it. And yeah, I haven't even thought about it much to be honest with you. It's still, it'll get at you sometimes, like 
to be honest with you, when it's doing like normal stuff, like washing your hair or <laughs> talking on the phone is the worst when you have it like oh, pressed up in sure. there for a long time. It's when it just grabs on you down in there. So yeah, haven't done anything with it. But. Wow. And actually the, the spring before that, so the spring before I tore my right one, I actually got my left one diving for a ball. I hyperextended and got it in there before that. So I don't know what the, what the deal was with that. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't doing enough preventative. Could be. Work. Yeah, it wasn't there yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think, I think right. my favorite part of his whole interview was the story he told about how at one point he was pretty sure he had fractured ribs, but didn't want to go to the athletic training room to know for sure. So yep. they snuck in and stole one of the tuning forks that he used to test if you potentially have a fracture and went back to the locker room. and So we hit it, slapped her down, stuck. It was way up high back here is where I broke it. And so we put her right on there, and I just I wanted to die. To be honest, I wanted to die. That was so stupid. Like whether it was broken or not, who cares, right? Like, it hurts bad. Like I don't. know. That was stupid, but it was kind of funny. That is funny. Yep, we we went and got, got the thing, and we just were like, all right, here we go. Whack. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Just brutal. Live and learn. Not yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what I learned. From yeah. I didn't learn anything from it. But. If you break another one, you know what not. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so then it was on to Mankato. Yep, G8 for, at Mankato for okay. like six months. Um, I was there for one season. Then the uh, offense coordinator there was Stan Zwiefel, and then he took the job at the University of Dubuque, and yep. I went there with him for about six and a half years. And uh, last spring, spring of 2015, took the job, hopped the river back into Wisconsin to um, to Platteville and was there for nine months before getting this job here. So and back full circle. Yeah, yeah. really kind of cool. And, and you know, I mean, I think I, I've been working since the day I decided to be a coach to get back to this job. This has been the job that I've wanted to get back to the whole time. So um, I didn't think it would open this early in my career. I was 30 years old and I got the job, one of the youngest head coaches in the country. But um, it did. It worked out that way for for us, and it's been. It's been an incredible journey back here, you know, to, to do it this soon. For it's sure. pretty neat, but it's gotta feel pretty fulfilling. It does, but only if we win. You sure. know? Yeah. It, it does, <laughs> but it's not like you've reached anything, you know. It's we talk about this a lot, that it wasn't you know, being an alum, you realize the responsibility that you have. You know, I, I think a lot of people talk to you like, Oh, it's gotta be great for your family and you know, you wanna get back here for you and I'm like, I don't really wanna get back here for me. You know, I wanna get back here for to, to help this, to do what I can to help win. Because kind of the interesting part is that I was here, I was a player here when Whitewater went to their first national championship games. So I was part of the group that had won three straight conference championships and then got taken over for Whitewater to jump into their run that they've been on. Mm -hmm. So I was part of the group that it's our responsibility, our fault that we we were the first ones to take the steps back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's kind of cool about it is to get this chance to you know, and it's not about whitewater or anything, but it, just to get a chance to help our program whatever way you can, sure. in a real way, you know, right. not just monetarily through donate whatever that is. But I get to come here every single day and try to try to make it right. So that's kind of that's been kind of the coolest part to get it. But you you understand the gravity and the responsibility that you have. You know, I think I always want to make sure that when I talk with recruits or their parents or something, they'll always say like, "Well, it's got to be awesome for your family," because my wife's from Lacrosse and. My sister lives here. We got family all over the place. Yeah, that's great for us. That, that's nice. That's just kind of the added 
you know, mm -hmm. stuff on top, the cherry on top, I guess, because the real responsibility is getting a chance to win out on the field when we get that opportunity to get back out there. That's that's really what it, you understand what, what needs to be done. But. So what that, what, what's that moment like when you, you get the job and then yeah, how was that you, phone you call? Just like, oh shit, I got work to do. Yeah, it yeah. was. Just instant panic. It was instant, you know, instant. <laughs> to be honest with you, it really was, you know, I, I uh, there was a long, it was a, it was a long process, man. It was a long process. I don't know how you even lived through it, being on the committee with it, but it was a long process, and um, you know that stretched literally months. So you have people calling you all day, every day, and then you get through the interview, and then once you get through the interview, it's still had to wait like almost a week to get that phone call. Like there were days a week, like one of the days we didn't even, my wife and I, we didn't leave the house. We like <laughs> sat there, we're like. Staring at the phone. <laughs> when are we gonna get a call? You know, and, um, you know kind of get the, you get you, you, we had some of that, and then when we finally got the call that that uh, we were gonna get to come back here and get that, it was it was like instant. Whoa, you know here we here we go, and you know Morgan, my wife, and I had a lot of talks on. Okay, like if we get this job, like we're gonna because she had to stay and finish teaching for the school year, like, okay, like, are we set on what's, you know, kind of happening, you know, we just started adapting and figuring out what we did, but yeah, it was, it was kind of like a, alright, <laughs> that's, uh, but what was interesting about it was that we, when we first talked about it was that we wanted to keep it a secret, like, the offer was made, and mm -hmm. it wasn't, not that we were keeping it a secret, but, you know, Kim, our athletic director, wanted to wait to announce it, and wanted to announce it to the team, so we had to wait, so, I had like two days where I knew, but couldn't, or day, and I couldn't tell anyone, and right. so people are calling you all day, and, and then you're like, okay, I want to recruit, but you, I, I can't recruit, and yeah, it was, uh, that was, it was just really a, kind of a different type of a situation, but certainly like, every day it's like, hey, we're still undefeated, so that's really nice right now. Like, I still haven't lost as a head coach, but you're kind of like, oh, 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 gosh, here we go. Like, it is. It's total anxiety. Total anxiety. So what, what's your to-do list look like then? Do you still, you know, recruit, get in contact with First players? night he was here and got introduced to the players, I, I was talking to Coach McLean. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll probably go out and have a celebratory beer. Nope, we had a team, or we had a staff meeting yep. after that, and then after that staff meeting ended, he made a search couple of recruiting calls yeah, like 9 30 at night till like 11 like yeah. we were calling you know all night just to get on that because the the timing of it was right after the national signing day for the, the scholarship teams and so that doesn't have an effect on us but it certainly had an effect on like a lot of our guys that's been making decisions already so we had to get rolling to get on the phone with guys and get in contact with guys and recruits that I had and recruits that they had and and just get kind of cruising on recruiting. It was all that was the that was the only thing. And then you know after that was like okay we got to hire a staff. We I only had to hire one guy. Two we had two hires that we were going to make. We only hired one guy, um, our offensive coordinator. So we had to like kind of get working on identifying those guys and how do they fit our needs and you know who's still out there, who's looking for a job, who do you know, you know all those kind of things. When we weren't making phone call, it was just. Honestly, it was just phone call, phone call, phone call, and you know, then you like people are like, "Hey, man, I haven't heard from you a couple of days." You're like, yeah, I've, like you're like 48th on my, I get a call back list, you know, and I'm trying to work through them all here. Um, 
but the first night actually, yeah, I responded to every. I, I went home after we did that, and we mm-hmm. worked till like I don't know one or two o'clock in the morning, and then we. I went home, not home. It was my in-laws' house because they live in Holman, and I texted back every friend, contact that had reached out to me, and I went back and counted them all. It was like 125 texts wow. that I was like, like you know. Jeez. So it was kind of like. I don't know. Back in the old days, you would have had a crazy phone bill, right? Like, yeah. You know, you had like certain minutes and text or whatever. But. I spent forty-seven dollars on text messages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we had to, you know, we had to identify our recruits, get going on the recruiting, and then uh, hire the staff, and all at the same time, kind of figure out how this, how everything works. You know, how do we get stuff done? How do we pay bills? What's our budget like? You know, and all the stuff that's not fun about being a coach. You know, or all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that's that. You don't want to do it as a coach. You want to coach, you know, but all the stuff that kind of goes along with it that you got to get done. So that was kind of our, you know, our to-do list was that. It still is, to be honest with you. It still is. It's all about uh, making sure. And, and, you know, part of that to-do list, too, and that's the biggest part is our the experience our players get to have is making sure our players knew who I was, you know, getting a chance to reach out to them. It was figuring out how do I get to know these guys? How do we pour into them? How do we start to you know, get that process of building the relationship with these guys. And that's what we do every day now. You know, every time we talk, how's the recruiting going? Who are our recruits? Where's our list? You know, and also what's going on with our, our players? Do we, have we seen them in the weight room? What's going on? And, and then uh, continual staff development. Don't overthink this thing. It's not very hard. Get really good players. Put them in really good situations with really good coaches at a really good place, and you'll win. I mean, it's, it, it, it's not a complicated deal just get really good players and treat them right coach them hard get the right coaches that know what's going on and how can you not how can that not be a good formula to have success you know, I just think it is but um, yeah it's been it's been interesting sometimes I'm like yeah I, I was just talking to a recruit right before we came over here we had a recruit on campus today and I'm like yeah I just got hired in February <laughs> to everybody else, like February, he is like February. Wasn't that last year or something? Like, <laughs> but to me, like it, ju- it feels like it was just in February, like sure. a couple, like a month ago. You know, like I just got hired in February. But, right. <laughs> it's going fast. I bet. No kidding. Eager to get things started, though, right? We're close. Camp starts up. Players report on the thirteenth. Staff is in now. Um, yeah, we, we we came in a little early with the staff, so we because we're all new and we got to make sure we're all set on what's going on and um, getting everybody kind of up to speed on and stuff and getting back from camps and all that kind of thing and get back recruiting before this uh, the high school uh, start Wisconsin started, but the you know Illinois and Minnesota before they start getting guys up here for visits and those kind of things. Um, but I I'm just excited for our players because I think they. I think they're feeling it, you know. I think they're 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 really having a good experience with what we're doing, and they've certainly put in a lot of work in the weight room and the athletic training room and getting right. They certainly have done that. This group's been working their butt off, and the best part is now when you get to, you know, you get to get into that. But you always got to kind of temper as a coach. You got to temper your excitement because if you don't think you're going to be ten and zero, or you don't think things are going to go well, or you don't think you know. That you're doing the right thing now in August. Well, boy, you better re- kind of reevaluate what you're doing as a coach, right? Because this should be the best, most optimistic, positive time that you have, right? 
But you got to kind of temper that saying like, okay, bad things are going to happen. Tough situations are going to happen. Stuff's going to go on. And, and how do we prepare for, or at least try to be prepared for each one of those situations as they come along. And that's part of that attention to detail kind of planning that as a staff you have to have. You got to be ready for when things aren't right. How are, what's your plan for reps, developing players, getting young guys involved, whatever it might be, so that your players have a great experience. And when those things don't go your way, when things don't happen right for you, how are you going to adjust? What's your next step? Because that's your job as a coach is, you, yes, it's nice to be excited and, and to have that, but the players, it's about the players, not about you. It's about them being excited and, and continuing to have a really good experience as they get through fall camp. So um, it, it's kind of a, it, it is, it's an anxious time right now. You know, anxious right. is a good word for it. You're excited, but you're a little nervous. I'm mm -hmm. I still got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, a lot of getting ready. So, yeah, getting staffs <laughs> all squared up. Yeah. So how did spring ball go? You got a little bit of a chance to we did get them out there in the field. So tough, right? Like, so you go in spring ball. There's no helmets. There's no pads. There's no nothing. You're not really playing football, but you are in a sense. You are. So you get to see a lot of guys, and you know this was a tough year because we had so many guys that were still on the roster. You know, we we got to cut down to 105. And we had 125 in spring practice or working out throughout the year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you can't carry 125 returners because you got no room for uh, any new guys that are coming in. I think that's that was hard. That was probably the hardest thing that I had to do uh, coming here was that after spring ball, when, when guys are so excited, you've been investing, they've been working their butt off, is we had to, we had to let some guys go. Uh, you know, to make room for new players and, and just the, the, the natural process of running a program. And so that was tough, but um, we did get a chance to be around them. And the biggest key that I thought was our objective in spring ball was they need to understand how we operate so that our returners don't come in as new players in the fall. That our returners, like literally on defense, we ran three things, like two coverages that we're going to run all the time that everybody knows we're going to run all the time. We, run, we ran two things that we we're going to always run. And we had like a little simple adjustment off of it. And we ran every play. And it was probably by practice 15, because I don't think we used a full 16, we used 15. At practice 15, I'm sure it was so boring for those guys, right? Like, we literally only have one or two calls, right? Like, <laughs> I'm sure it was so boring for the defensive guys, but... It's so that we just wrap after wrap and wrap and wrap and wrap some of the easy things so that when we show up in the fall, not only for the reps and, and like the coverages and stuff, but how we line up for stretch. You know, what somebody's gotta be leading the pack around here, you know? So when we line up for stretch and when we how do we get to from one what do we go do after this drill and after stretch where do we go and those kind of things, you know, it's trying to figure out that those guys have a comfort level when they show up here in the fall that our returners are kind of ready to go with everything. And we had to install everything new. You know, our offense coordinator showed up like five days before spring practice started. So it was like, you know, we had to get, uh, he had a big adjustment. Coach Landry uh, came from Northern Illinois and he had a huge adjustment to get moving with everything. So um, it was... It was fun. Do you take some of the old systems that were in place and kind of modify them based on your philosophy and your style? Or just I, I, I think you, you just start new. You know, you, you start new. I think the key, your, your number one 
objective is to establish your culture. You know, how do we act? You know, what are our expectations, our attitudes, our behaviors? Really, your character, your 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 culture is your shared character. How are our guys behaving, and how do they act, and how do you act as a coach, and how do you implement all that, you know, all that kind of stuff? And so you're trying to. I think you're just trying to start fresh. You know, is the key. Let's let's. This is ours. You know, and what we've talked about with our staff is that we don't. One thing I don't like is, well, this is what what we do, what we've done, or. Um, you know, in the past, you know, I guess it's not even that, but, well, we do this or we do that. Well, we don't do anything. We now, you know, like, we're, we talk about, like, the proper use of our pronouns. I'm not sounding like a dick. I'm not trying to be a dick or anything like that. But, you know, the proper use of how we use we. We is this 2016 team in this yeah. season, you know, and, and uh, our team and our way of doing things and our stuff is right now, not before, and, and I, I'll say the same thing next year. You know, when we move to 2017, the we is the 2017 team, not, not the 2016 team and what, what they accomplished or what that group accomplished. You know, it, it'll move forward. And, you know, it's tough, but I, I think what we, you know, we established, we went back to the, it's, it's kind of silly, but we went back to the original breakdown that we had here and, you know, and some of the some of the stuff that was in place was has been in place for thirty years, forty years with Coach Aaron and and the guys before that. You know, the bouncing bouncing one off the bluff and those kind of things that that hasn't changed. You know, so we we're going to keep all the tradition stuff and and probably get back to even more of the traditions. You know, and stuff that that I know that was like you know, whenever you go into a place, somebody told me this and it's brilliant. What are our sacred cows? Like, what are things that we can't change? What are things that, no matter what, this is the way we're operating, you know? And and so it's we kept all those, and and, and you know, even before they had, had those in place, that those a lot of those things didn't change. But you know, it's kind of trying to bring it back into more of what that's kind of the unique perspective that I get to have as an insider coming from within the program to bring back some of those things and and, uh, and really just you, you understand the program. A quick intermission into Coach Schmidt's episode. If you are watching on YouTube, this is the 2016 UWL football uh, schedule for their games. If you want to check that out, if you are listening to it on a podcast, please check out uh, the football schedule at uwlathletics.com. So putting your staff together, how did you find Coach Landry? Did you know him? I didn't. I had never met him. I never even heard his name, to be honest with you. And... Uh, um, I actually called. Uh, I, well, I called a bunch of people, and there are guys all over the place that had, you know, people that they that they you know, wanted to suggest and things of that nature. And and uh, we, I, I, I had a contact with a guy that worked with that man, Cato, Mike Cunningham, who coach. He's the old line coach at Winona right now. And I said, hey, can you make some calls, some of your guys, and let me know what's going on. And, Put the feelers out. Yeah, there. I mean, we were doing that to everybody that I knew. Like, do you know of anybody? You know, and I'm texting everybody. Do you know of anybody that can call plays for us? And um, he called Brett Dearson, who's a D-line coach at Northern Illinois, and and Coach Dearson called uh, G- Coach Landry at like nine o'clock at night. That's how the story goes from Landry, and he's like, "Hey, you know, do you have your masters? Yeah. 
all right, I'm going to call you back about a job. <laughs> and, well, he didn't call back for like two hours. Because like, <laughs> then he called me and talked to me for a long time. And then he eventually ended up calling him back uh, about the job and, and what we were doing. And instantly when I talked to Coach Landry, I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Like, he's, he's the one. Like, he's, he's doing the system that we want to run. He has the experience and the stuff we want to do. Um, I think he's going to be a tremendous recruiter, which is – Probably the biggest part of that job is to recruit and 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 do that. Uh, yeah, I think we're getting a total steal in the guy. I really do. I mean, from the coaching aspect, it's we're stealing. He he's just a he's a dynamo. He'll be a phenomenal coach. He'll be a big time coach someday. And and uh, I think he is now. But you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I say that you know, twenty um, eight year old guy that you know we put together our staff and. And uh, Coach Landry's everything we've wanted, everything we were looking for in a play caller. Young guy, so I was, when I, when I hired him, I'm now I'm 31, so I'm 31. Coach McGlenn's 34. Coach Landry is 28. And we got young guys, and we got a couple other younger guys working with us. But then at the same time, <laughs> I was say, can we hit the other end of the car? We've got Coach Anderson, who's a retired uh, teacher and been here for this will be his 23rd year. And, and Bob Lichty came and joined us uh, after I think he's coached for 40, 43 or 44 years, you know. And, and Steve King, Hall of Famer out of Holman, was there for 30 years. Now he's on our staff. Frank Tierney's been here for I think this is his 17th or 18th year. So we kind of have a unique, and he's officially retired from UWL. So we've got four retired guys, (laughs) and then we've got a host of young guys, you know, that are just getting into it. So it's it. What a cool blend! It's just a really cool. It's so much fun to come to work. It's when we're down there, it's just positive, and guys like each other, and it. You know, when you have that mix, you got. Coach Hayes talking about coffee at McCaffrey's or fish out at Fox Hollow. And, you know, Coach Landry's sending things on Twitter. And those guys are like, what? How do I get this up on my phone? You know, <laughs> it's that, it's just, it keeps you, keeps you fresh. And I know they, they all think the same thing too. So it's been, yeah, the staff putting it together was trying to blend it. And, you know, in the spring when we were adding some new guys and, Hiring some spots, you know, we said I'd rather not hire. I'd rather leave a a, a position blank, uh, vacant, you know, and figure it out. I'd rather hire less guys if we're not finding the right guys to keep, um, you know, to keep the 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 flow that we have going on right now, you know, because it's it's good. We all get along, and it's not about getting along, as we all know, but it's it's about being able to push each other. And in order to do that, you got to have relationships with each other. Otherwise, it's just uncomfortable and it's not fun. Chemistry well, is important. Chemistry is incredibly important. And I didn't want to disrupt any part of what we had going on. And we, you know, we even had some turnover on the staff since I've been here. We've had uh, Dylan Ramsey was hired as an intern, and he took a job at Northern Illinois. Uh, Spencer Capitani was the intern prior to that, and he took a job at uh, Minnesota State in Mankato. So it's like, you know, we've had some turnover and guys leaving. Coach Goff left to, to coach high school and pursue other opportunities. But um, even with that, the guys we brought in, it's been kind of cool because I think just a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz out there on us that, that people want to be a part of what we have going on, I think. And it's a good place to work. It's an awesome environment with those guys. Kind of hiring those spots was tricky. <laughs> 
but it you know it, it was tricky but it right. was um it was finding the right guys we don't have a lot we've got two full-time we have three full-time assistants is what we have one of them is fundraised by us um but um and our alumni but um you know it's it's we got to make sure that we hire the right guys you know not not having place to get this big staff because I've been on big staffs where it wasn't efficient, and I've been on, you know, I went to, from the University of Dubuque where we had like six full-time assistants and two GAs and an intern and some part-time coaches, kind of, you know, that were there, and and I went from there to Platteville where we had six full-time assistants but no other like support staff. So you did everything, and you know, you you did all the film and you did this and you did that, and you just had to be resourceful and trying to find ways to, to get people around there. And so we kind of combine that here, you know, where we're trying to add a little more, some pieces. Certainly the, we're just getting, we got, we got like, I, I can't remember what the number was. It's like 120 years of coaching experience for like, you know, a, just dirt cheap with our retired coaches that are, are working with us. It's just because they love it and they want to, you know, they, they want to see UWL be successful. So kind of a cool mix. Yeah, I bet. I was telling Joel when you guys hired Coach Landry. I, I played against him in high school. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Man, this guy was an ass kicker back then. He's the guy that everyone hated because he was just amazing right. in the sport that he touched. Right. So, it's like, oh, no way. He's coming back to UWL. Yeah, competitive guy. Yeah. Competitive guy. I bet he can still sling it up. Yeah, there he's kind of too. a cocky guy, too. I would have <laughs> disliked playing against him, too. That guy, he, so we were at a, we were at a go our golf outing and, um, where we had to sit at a hole all day. So we sit at this hole, and it's the longest drive hole. And this group comes up at the end, and they won it. They were like 17 under, and they were good. And you could tell these guys all golfed. And they get up, and they hit it, and they're all good. And Landry's just, like, itching to get a shot at this because he's a big hitter off the tee box. He's a big hitter. So he's itching for one of those guys to be like, all right, here, take your shot. So he gets it, and he doesn't back down. And what does he do? He just blasts it out there and has the farthest drive of all those guys. Oh, nice. Like, he, that's why I love Jake Landry. The guy competes. He's not afraid of <laughs> competing and, and won't back down. But I could see it in high school. I bet he was just so cocky. He'd want to just <laughs> he had a couple state championships. Yeah. For sure, under the belt. Yeah. Like baseball and football. Yeah, he's a heck of an athlete. He's, I mean, he's one of the better athletes probably ever to come out of that state. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Had a really nice uh, college career at UND and, yeah, hell of a player. And then went to Duluth and NIU. I mean, this is, the guy's success has been, I mean, he's had success everywhere he's been at. Was he there when Lynch was there? I yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he was there with him there. for a year. Yep. That would have been fun talent. No kidding, huh? <laughs> uh, Let's, we were hoping maybe there's a year of eligibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just bored, want to come back. Come on, hang out. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Be cool. New place to stay. Sneak them in there. Yeah, well, we're yeah. finding we're, we got enough people living at your house that it's, <laughs> it's a revolving door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Works out. I'll be staying there some at some point. <laughs> Better keep my wife happy, or I yeah. will be for real. Staying at your house, the revolving hotel of UWL football. Yeah, just take over the basement. You can do that. So, where, where, what did Coach Landry coach at UNI? Uh, he was. Uh, he worked with the. Uh, quarterbacks there, yep. He spent one year on defense, which was actually really good for him. Uh, to get a different perspective, to 
Um, you know, I, I don't know. There's so much that goes into like, well, now you see how they would attack you, or right. that's BS. That's not real, you know. But it's, uh, uh, you know, I think doing the, um, seeing how some of those guys would grind on that side of the ball at that place, you know, not that they didn't offensively, but you know, some of those guys at that that Northern Illinois, they just work like crazy on the defensive side, you know, and so kind of seeing some of that and. And some of the things that are all involved on that side, I think, really helped him. But yeah, primarily with the quarterbacks when he was there. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a, they had two really good seasons. Yeah, in that yeah, and even last year, I mean, they played in the MAC championship yeah, game. They didn't win it, but they played in it, you know. And the two years prior to that, I think they've lost the last two in the MAC championship game. I, I don't know. I shouldn't even say that, but um, yeah, they've had a ton of success. I mean, that's one of the best, you know, group of five programs in the country. You know, so. Yeah, pretty cool. He's coaching some big games, and he's, you know, he's done. He's had to coach a lot, had a lot of responsibilities, and I'm sure he'll he'll do the same thing here. Yep. Look forward to watching the offense. Be fast, man! It's yeah. gonna be fast. It'll be good. It should be fun to watch. Shifty guys out there. It's gonna be fast. We're, I mean, we averaged three plays a minute in spring practice. And it still wasn't fast enough. And not even close, but it's, I mean, when you think about that, that's a play every 20 seconds in our team segments. And that's with, like, we work down the, all the way down the field, and then we flip around. So you got, you know, teams running on and off, and personnel running in and out, and still getting that kind of, you know, the last couple of, the last five practices, we were three plays a minute. That's fast. Now, that's not that good. We'll, we'll ultimately get faster than that, but that's, I mean, hey, that's cooking now. That's, it's a ton of reps, too. A ton of oh, reps yeah. of what we got. But I think we do it sim, you know, it's simple. I like it defensively. I like practicing against it because at first it's like guys are freaking out, right? They're like, what's the, what's the, give me the call. What's the call? You know, like, like we always tell those guys they, they look like the guy. On Super Troopers, the opening scene, he's like, I've already pulled over. I can't pull over anymore. <laughs> They're freaking out. They don't even know what's going on. I'm like, just chill. Like, we're going to hit somebody. It's coming. Like, we got the call. It's We're getting it in. Just relax. So that when you get in a game where a team's going to do that to you, that, you you know, we've been preparing for that the whole time, I think, you know. And it's making sure you get quality reps, I think, over quantity, but... You know, that's the key is finding that balance to make sure that we're going at a pace that we're still getting good work in, but we're getting a ton of it. Because anything we do at this level, in my opinion, and I learned this from Stan Zwiefel when I was working at Dubuque, is everything we do is about repetition with our guys. We don't have guys that walk out and are just freaks. Like, you know, there's, there's not many guys. Like, I always thought about this when I was an athlete. Like, I never woke up and was just gifted at anything in my life. Like, I never just woke up and grabbed a baseball and hit it 400 feet. Like, Never woke up and I was just great at football or great at anything. Like, I was good. I was talented and I worked really hard, but never was just gifted at stuff. Whereas, like, you walk out on a Division One or Division Two field and there's guys all over the place that just woke up. Not that they don't work. I'm not saying that, but you understand my point that they wake up. There's, a, there's some days in their life where they wake up and they're just the best in their life at what they do. And so we don't have those guys. It's all about repetition and work and and getting maximizing the amount of, of time and reps that we can get squeezed in for our guys, in my opinion, is what it really comes down to. I mean, the, it's it's trying to get them through, you know, to, to get better at all that kind of stuff. So, 
Yes, it is about getting good reps, but we also have to maximize those things too. And, and our offense is built to do that. So kind of a cool, cool mix. Is that cool fast pace your style or is that Landry's? Coach Landry, yeah. No, I don't know nothing about that stuff. So <laughs> you go and do that. We'll try it's to like, stop it. It's like Joel with yeah. our strength program. You, yeah, I, yep, good. Well, I want to explain this. I don't know. I, I can't compute. I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> it's good to have faith. That's yeah. true. That is yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. That and that's, yeah, hey, get good people and just let them do their thing. You know, it's not easy to do. Yeah, I don't know anything about some of that stuff. Just hire good people and let them do that kind of stuff. It's delegate. Sure. Exactly. Great organizations. No matter what it is, it's not that one person knows everything. They just know how to get other really good people and attract really good people to help them do, you know, whatever it might be. So that's the key. That's what I think we have going on here. I think just as a school, you know, with everything, I think you just think. We can attract wonderful people here. I think about the people that come in and out of the doors here and professors that I've had, strength coaches that I just think about our strength staff. I mean, yeah, are we understaffed for what we would really want and those kind of things? Everybody is, right? Every single person is gonna be tell you that they're understaffed and no matter what they do. But the talent level that we have coming up, I mean, when I was here, Jim White was here, and I don't know if you know Jim or AJ knows him awesome. Man. More what a great him. guy. Yeah. Guy's working for nothing, literally, because I think he was still a Canadian at the time. Yeah. So he's literally working for nothing. He's literally having to pay to work here. And the guy busts his hump, does everything for us, treats us the right way, is just magnificent in what he's doing. I mean, I just Jim White's just one of, like, you know, and not to, not to diminish Jim White, but th there's... You can go down the hallway anywhere in Mitchell Hall or Wimberley or wherever, and there's people like that. So that's kind of the cool thing about our place is that we're able to attract pretty talented people in everything. I think that about you guys. Are you kidding me? Jeez. You guys won't say anything. That's the truth. Okay, we shouldn't have guys like you here, but you are because we attract really good people. So kind of a... Yeah, I, think, I just think it's one of the strengths of UWL is able to get people like that. And I just hope we can continue that with guys like Jake Landry and Andy McGlenn and, you know, the guys that we have on staff. So, mm. Coach A, what a guy. What boys. a guy, yeah. That's about it right there. That, well, i got to tell you about this guy on our staff, too. We got a, we've got a German um, uh, football, professional football coach coming to coach with us. He is. Uh, he works for the German government in law enforcement. Uh, he got. Uh, I think he's working in the academy now. He's not working in the in the field. Um, but I worked with him at last year at Platteville. His name is Johnny Brenner. Uh, he's the head coach of the of the. I almost said youth. It's not youth. Of the junior team in Schwäbisch Hall, Germany, the Unicorns. <laughs> and uh, they just won the German championship, uh, the German national championship. Uh, this past weekend, Sunday, and a uh, huge win for him. His first championship as a coach. Uh, he's another younger guy. I think he's 32, if I'm 32 or 33. Uh, great guy, just a wonderful person. He's coming over. He gets a sabbatical. Yeah, it's not a sabbatical. Four it's a, yeah, he, gets, he actually gets 12 weeks or 13 weeks to come over to the United States and coach football. Wow. So he's coming to work for us. So he's going to be uh, coordinating our special teams and coaching the running backs. Right. So, and again, you know, cheap help and 
awesome guy. He's the offense coordinator of the professional team that's in the GFL, and the GFL is probably the best league over there um, in in Europe. So it's kind of a it's it's equivalent to Division three football. You know, it's very you know very similar to that kind of a level or style um, of football. So yeah, it's really a neat. Neat deal, neat kind of connection. So, yeah, we've been finding, hey, man, we're pulling them from all over the place to get a lot of good help uh, with us. So, yeah, that's going to be really fun, and he's just a wonderful guy. I had a chance to work with him. He actually coached on the defensive side last year with us at Platteville. And, um, yeah, kind of a cool opportunity to get a guy like that over here, too. Just in time for Oktoberfest, I guess. Yeah, he'll probably look out for that guy yeah. on Oktoberfest. <laughs> probably pretty he disappointed. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah, maybe he can straighten us out. Yeah, like, get us kind of like, okay, go. these yeah. are what you do. And get him on, yeah. on the city council. <laughs> you guys will be like the Galdang All Stars down there. I want a little bit of credit for that, <laughs> yeah. please. You got bringing Johnny over. Uh, no, he's what a what a cool addition that'll yeah, be. Every guy like that. Jeez. No kidding. It's just awesome. Just awesome. He's just a wonderful guy. Is he from Germany? Really? Yeah, yeah. From Schwabish Hall. Okay. I kind of just picture this hard ass, like grizzled German. Uh, you should picture James Bond. Right. Yeah. Oh, the other okay. part of the other stories of Johnny Brenner, which yeah. I don't know if you want that on film or not. No, we that's can, okay. We can talk <laughs> about those later. I yeah. do. I'm very proud of <laughs> those facts. But he is, uh, yeah, he, you think James Bond when you think Johnny Brenner. That's what he's like. Just got it. Just a stud. Like. <laughs> Last year we were like, Let's keep him sharp by like yeah. we had a, a, like just a rectangle, and all of our offices were on the outside, and then he had the big office on the inside. So you always are walking into people around the the doors when you're around the hallway at Platteville, and we were like, let's keep him like like strengthen his skills so that he's you know like uh, he he gets some practice, and when we walk around, let's try to jump him, or when we hear him coming, <laughs> like he would just be like, <laughs> you just, like Nerf guns, like, like one time he's like. Like, within a second, he's just, like, bashing my head against the wall. And I'm like, right, dude, like, stop. I was just joking. Like, he's just awesome. He's awesome. He's just great. Oh, that'll be entertaining to add to the mix downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Right in. Yeah. I feel bad for everybody that's got to work down there because we're so loud. And now, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool down there. But. That's where I go when it gets too quiet over on my side of the... Stairs. Yep. Yeah. We'll mix it up with the football staff. Yeah, yeah just wander over there, go talk to us and people. We'll freshen you up. Yeah. It's a good time to get over. You get some Motley Crew going or yeah. Poison or something. You know, we're, you know, we go hard down there. Yeah. Some <laughs> random obscure 90s band that Coach McGlynn. Well, that's Coach McGlynn. Yeah, who yeah. knows? And he knows the, yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. Tell him everything you need to know about it. Exactly. Everything. More <laughs> than you need to know about it. I just like the song, Andy. Well, it was made in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it sounds like this one from the 1980s. And Jeopardy King. Seriously. Ridiculous. He, you know, that he would be your phone a friend. Oh, oh yeah. Really? From back in the day, if you had one on stuff like that. Yep. You'd have him in the bank just so you can... Whatever happened to that show? Is that show still around? Who wants to be a millionaire? So. I have no idea. What a great Some show. Some lady was hosting it, like, during, like, daytime TV. Yeah, right? Point, but I haven't so I thought it was. daytime TV... And we'll reach out to them, see if they're around. Yeah, let's yeah. get them on. Let's get them on here. So who wants to be a millionaire around? Regis? That's what happens yeah. with me. Like, you guys shouldn't go on, like, you guys shouldn't have me on this thing. Like, we can't just keep going. Uh-huh. Everybody, yeah, come Coach on. Coach dropped football and picked up this. Right. Like, what is going on? <laughs> there's, this, there's this 
my buddies give me a hard time because I walked in for my uh, um, my forum for the interviews. Yeah. So we were over there, and I walk in. I'm walking up there, and there's a globe up on the up on like the podium area up there. And I'm like, what's that globe doing here? I haven't seen a globe in like five years. I'm like, okay, like refocus. <laughs> Let's get back on track. <laughs> like you got an interview to go through here. You got some stuff to do. Can I find something real quick? I'm what a loser. Yeah. Johnny's from here. Spin it and put your hand yeah. on it. I'm going in there. This is where I'm going to live. Right? Yeah. What an awesome thing. I got to get one of those things. I go order one on Amazon or something. I bet you your kids would love it. Oh, yeah. For sure. If it wasn't rolling across the floor. Yeah, who knows with my kids. <laughs> so you, got, you got two, right? Two boys. What? Five and three. Five and a half and three. That's a my, my oldest is going into kindergarten. He's like the, he's an angel. My wife's a music teacher, an elementary music teacher. So our house is where worlds just totally collide. Right? Like, <laughs> elementary music and football coach. Like, you couldn't be more different. Uh, I sing and dance, just not very well. I give great effort. I'm just not any good. Um, she is magnificent. She's incredibly talented. Um, wonderful teacher, but we're just so opposite, which is awesome because... I kind of need her to not care about things. I, I like that she kind of puts me in my place on stuff, and that's really good. Uh, but our oldest is like her, like totally. He doesn't run. So he was out here for football camp, and he doesn't run. He only skips. <laughs> like, I have to constantly be like, dude, run! Stop skipping. Stop. He's just like, love this, you know. Just going like crazy. And my other one is like, he, he constantly has like his bottom lip over his top lip, like, and he just runs and breaks stuff. We have fun. Yeah. Never a dull moment. Entertaining no, for sure. No. And then my oldest fell off the railing down on the stadium at 7-on-7, seven seven, broke his arm. Oh, man. So he's been in a cast all summer. Dad's fault, letting him horse around. Nice job, Dad. Can't go to the <laughs> water park. Uh, bummer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm. I would have thought the other one would have done it because that could just like. That's what I was surprised yeah. when I went there and saw it. I was like, that's not what I would have pictured. That's not the one no, I not from the stories that I've heard. Yeah, the other one's kind of crazy. He <laughs> just jumps off stuff. Oh, yeah. Constantly attacking Coach McClellan. Yeah, he works our patience a little bit. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. So, what was the interview like with this guy? I mean, was, did the personality come out? Yeah, <laughs> it always does. Like it, I can't contain. It. Exactly. <laughs> there was a like I'm just thinking that globe story. That's, <laughs> no, that story was a good. Did one. you keep it in her? <laughs> the only, I think, the other one he said to me, he goes, I don't know how much I'm gonna need out of you, but I'll need you to get me back in shape as soon as I get here. <laughs> that was a comment that was on it, and then I'm sure he's heard this one before, but we'll link up to this one just so you can compare it. And I wish we could, but we're sitting out here actually around it and so he's we asked the question i don't even remember what the question was but he's shirt and tie and he's got the jacket open and he just like slides out from the side of the table and it just reminded me of the band down by the river oh yeah because yeah. he like got in there and he's like talking who hears me who hears me just just so into it just going and i was just i'm like christmas party or something like that we'll get him enough spotted cow and see yeah. what happens but yep. it was <laughs> the most energetic one we had. Oh yeah, most definitely. Nice. So you could get you could get the feel for it. And I mean, I think 
the way he said it was best and I actually stole it a little bit afterwards where you know, people asked what your goal or your vision or everything was and it was never, you know, we're going to win 10 games and do all that. It was returning to or making it so lacrosse is the pinnacle of Division Three football again and thinking that it's never actually left that. But when you think Division Three football, we may not have won the national championship last year, but this is the place for all the reasons you've already yeah, talked about. Yeah, I think about. that, well, I mean, that, there was a time when it was, like, it was like Kleenex and tissue paper. Like, when you think of hand me a t hand me a Kleenex, you know, and not a piece of tissue paper, hand me a Kleenex. Like, there was a time when you thought Division Three football in the Midwest, and it was UW, you would think UW lacrosse. And, you know, to me, it's still, you know, it still is. It's hard for me to think that it's been, you know, that long since we've won a conference championship and those kind of things. But, you know, I think it was... I just think it was because we had so many alumni that cared so much about our place that they were everywhere. And, you know, Division Three football doesn't get a lot of publicity. And now more than others, now more than before because of mm -hmm. the Internet and the things that we have and the different things that are happening. But, you know, that all our alums are everywhere and talk about how much they love UW lacrosse football, you know, and how much, how, how just how great of an experience they had here. And so... You know, when people would think about, well, where am I going to, I think I'm going to play Division Three football. Like, Division Three was synonymous with UW lacrosse, and obviously it's not anymore. There's, that's not the case anymore. And, and just getting back to, it's not about all the wins. Certainly we want to win anytime you keep a score. The objective is to win. But I think it's about the experience you're providing. It's about enriching your players' lives and, and those kind of things. And then they leave and be they had an awesome experience and they tell everybody and you know people start to think when you think about division three football it's UW lacrosse and I you know rather than saying because how so what happens when if you have a goal of winning a national championship and you never win a national championship w were you a failure I mean was that I, I would never want our players to think that and I would never want you know our staff to think that that our time was just a failure because what a miserable when you look back on your time as a college football player, it should be just, you know, it should be about, man, my life's so much better because I was a football player at lacrosse. I, I'm so much further ahead in life because of that four-year period of, of my life. Like, not thinking, what a drag, right. what a bummer. Right. Well, we were a failure. We ne well, we never won a conference championship. So what? So what? But, you know, it's about, it's, it's our job as a coaching staff to find the best players, and then to put them in really good situations and, and have them win. And then when those guys maximize their talent level, that's what it's about. Whether we win a championship or don't, or we win 10 championships, whatever it might be, um, it's, it's, it's trying to get the most out of those guys so that they, you know, they look back and they, they want their kid or their neighbor or they go and coach high school football and they want their guy to come back and play here. And that's that to me is what UW lacrosse still is, but certainly was even to a greater extent before um, in the tradition. So that's you know that's kind of what I was alluding to mm -hmm. on sure. some of that stuff. With was it difficult to have those conversations with recruits when you got the job here? Because were you kind of starting a little bit later than what you normally would have? Then? Yeah, we were. You know, so what was that? To be honest with you, we were going after guys that maybe. I had recruited at Platteville or knew of at Platteville or, or knew or they might have been down to their first couple, their last couple of schools. Like, hey, I'm already deciding between this school or this school or, hey, I'm already committed to this school. 
you know, because our, but we got to go find the best players. Right. Not the best available players, the best players, whether they're available or not, you got to go find them. So it was, you know, getting on the phone with whoever was around and, and trying to, because to me, it's like, hey, we're a brand new program. You know, this is a brand new thing. We get an opportunity and should get a crack at those guys as well. And um, it, it's not hard for me to talk about the tradition of UW lacrosse football. No matter where you go, you got to draw on some tradition. Because you shouldn't take a job if there's no hope, you know, that, of winning at all, right? But it's it's easy for me to speak about the tradition and to say, hey, we've won here before. We've won a national. We've won multiple national championships before. We've won 33 conference championships before. We can do that at this place. Here's how I think we can get to that. You know, here's the vision on what I think that is. Here's how we get to that. Here's how we approach every day. And and you know how recruiting is just like sales. You're selling yourself as much as you're selling anything else. But you're going to tell me, I mean, just look around us right now. You're going to tell me there's a better product out there in the state of Wisconsin? I will tell you you're lying. I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, the city, the area, the school, the uh, you know downtown, the social life, the collegiate atmosphere, the football tradition. When you think about lacrosse, or when you think about going to college, it is lacrosse for all those things. Like when I when I think about what is my college experience going to be like? What do I want out of college? It is lacrosse. Everything about it is lacrosse. The academic competitiveness, all whatever it might be. So how do you think it went with the the recruiting? Yeah, I mean, we had a great year. Yeah. I, I think as good a year as we could have hoped for. We had a, we got a couple of nice transfers, which is always a key, right? Like trying to find instant improvement, and I think we did a good job with a lot of the. With transfers and some younger guys, certainly we missed on some guys that were already committed or whatever it might be or didn't want to come here or we didn't do a good enough job on Everybody's going to have that. But, right. yeah, I think we did a great job, you know, addressing some of our some of the needs that we need moving forward. That's not for next year, right, or this year. It's for 2018, 2019, trying to set those classes up. You know, that's, that's what you got to do. And then in the meantime, you got to fill in with whether it's, developing your players that you have but if you're just thinking about recruiting it's with transfers and how can you speed a guy up to be ready to play as a sophomore and you know then get him better but um you know I think for us it was that was kind of the biggest thing when I got here was changing what our standard is for the player that we're looking for you know I would talk to guy some of our assistants over here and they would say to me you know, this guy is between school X and school Y and us. And I'm like, school X and school Y, we shouldn't be competing against those guys. we got to go compete at a higher level than some of the schools that we're competing against. Like, we're not looking at the right guys here. These, are the, these aren't the right type of players. we got to up what we're looking at. We, here's, you know, and so we would sit down, and we still do. Okay, this guy's a good player. Here's why. This guy is he's not good enough to play. How can that guy ever be good enough to play? You know, not not deviating from your standards, going and finding those recruits, and that kind of changed a lot of what we were talking about. Was you know, rather than just finding the guys that want to come here, is making the players that are championship that'll help you be a championship team, getting them to come to your school is the key. For us, gosh, the biggest part is getting them on campus. Get them on campus. Get them around town. You know. Mm-hmm. Get them around to see everything that we have. What more can we do after that, and sell our vision for what we want to do? But you know, for instance, offensive line wise, we we said we've got to increase our. We need to do this program wide. We need to increase our length 
we're, I'm not just talking height, but just our length is not where it needs to be. We got to get some size going, some height and and some arms and those kind of things that we got. So we, you know, we we have minimum criteria. Okay, so we're looking for an O lineman. He's got to be this height, this weight, um, and if he's not, he's got to do something special to overcome that. And we're very honest with our recruits when we talk about that. You know, it's, it's saying, okay, you do do these special things. You know, even though you are a six foot, two hundred fifty pound lineman, you do these things so well that we want to keep recruiting. You know, whatever it might be. You know, mm -hmm. but but it's, we got to find the right fit on size for to help us win a championship. And I think that we did a good job identifying those guys. We didn't bring in a huge class after I got on board. Um, it was you know it was a, it was big enough. It's too big for what I what I think it is right mm -hmm. now. But but we were able to, to really go and say, okay, we're looking for linebackers that have to be this size. Let's go find them. We're looking for a quarterback that does this. Let's go find them. You know, and I think we did. We brought in two tremendous quarterbacks, which is always like the biggest piece to your recruiting class is get that position, you know, taken care of so that you can start to get your progression going with that spot. So, um, yeah, I think we did a good job in identifying the right kind of players and then getting them. Once we did, but again, once we get them on campus, and you identify the right guys and you get them here. Oh my gosh! I mean, the school doesn't sell itself, but in a lot of ways, it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you not want to play in this? Come on, yeah. seriously, like, like and it's just like even just be around town, like go downtown. Yeah, you know that was the other thing we were finding out was that we get recruits from Wisconsin, so they'd come in, come down Highway 16, and they'd come to campus and they'd take their visit, and they'd get in their car, and there they'd go. Huh. So we've been trying to find ways that we get them downtown, you know, and you know, making sure that we that we uh, get them in a car, and they go down there. Coach you got to go see river. it. Coach like, well, you got to go see this thing. You got to go do these things. You got to go be around these things, you know, and and how do we, you know, how do we get them to get in their car and go down and see our city? Because a kid from Madison might not, might not ever see downtown lacrosse. Mm -hmm. Well, that's our strength, you know. And it's been that's that that part's been interesting too. Is talking about so the culture of downtown lacrosse. Like I want our players to enjoy the city of lacrosse, you know. And I have some parents that are like so you're promoting them to go downtown to the bars. Well, there's a lot more downtown than bars. There's <laughs> restaurants in the Pearl, and there's the lacrosse center, and the hotels, and the Riverside Park, and oh. Pettibone, and you go on forever and ever and ever, right? There's so much to do down downtown lacrosse, and it never sleeps. It's always open. It's always on. And it's getting our guys, the more they're down there when they're 18 and 19 and not in a bar, then when they're 21 and 22 and on our team and in our program and they are at a bar, they understand how to act, how to, you know, what they're doing down there, that they're not just going down there to drink, that there's stuff to do. So it's like, you know, it's promoting our city and, and those kind of things that we have. But not necessarily just promoting the bars. That's not what it is. It's about the experience and the atmosphere that is downtown. Because I go down there and don't go to bars, and it's, I, I just like being down there because there's so much stuff happening. Yep. You know, just even when you walk around, I, I remember our first one of our first weekends here. I'm walking around with Coach McGlenn downtown. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how great is this place? You know, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. It's better and better every every day. year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A lot of changes going on. Absolutely, only for the better too. Yep, yeah, sure. exactly. Yep. On to the clinically pressed ones. Yeah, let's do it. Since you gotta get rolling at some point to teach.
So the first one is, is what is something that you might believe that others may not? Just with like, with... Anything. With anything. Here's one that I do believe that... Or others might think it's crazy. About, for what we're talking about with this is, is uh, we hit on it a little bit before with, with a couple of our guys, mm -hmm. is that I, I see this constant battle with strength coaches and players. Like a player wants to go and do bench, wants to bench and curl. And the strength coach is like, I cannot get that guy to stop curling and stop benching on our off days or whatever it might be. But that guy, like, there's a, there's something about that meatheadism <laughs> that, like, I want to look good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that, that meathead thing that I, I want to look good, I want to feel good, I want to, I want to be the biggest, baddest dude out there, like. There's something about that mindset in a player that uh, I think is real. I think that's a tangible thing. I'm not saying you only bench. One of those guys that were in there, I'm actually very pleased that he Yeah, was, right? Just because you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Right, like you and want... I think that's a big step. Yeah. You're benching and doing triceps. Yeah. I don't think yeah, you're going to completely screw up your ability to play football. I don't either. I, I, but I, I think that Now, if you're like, going in there heavy squatting on days you're not supposed yeah, to... Yeah, see, that's we'll just... Have, we'll have a conversation, right? yeah. Yeah. Nope, like, I, guys, I'm with you. I just think there's a real thing in the, in the guys... Um, we talked about this this spring, you know, a couple times when I met with the players. They wanted to, you know, ask how are things going away from, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, like... Well, I want to get to whether it was heavier weights or because those guys still think like, well, the more weight, the bigger I'll get. Like, yeah. No, that's not really kind of well. Anyway, well, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, all right. But they want to see results, you know. And, and the hardest thing about a college sport is that you, you you have to wait a whole year for your results to show up. Right. Unless you see them in the mirror, right? right? Because. Your your athletic results won't show up for another year, Take so like I just I know that sounds stupid, and I have no research or anything to back <laughs> anything up, but I do know that like some of your better players like they they care about that kind of thing because it's a real confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a meathead. I guess it's a thing. You know? Shows a work ethic though too. It does. They want to <laughs> they want to be in there and want to do it, and yeah. whether it's sculpting their body or it's. You know, uh, uh, getting their, you know, being uh, proactive with their ACL or whatever it is. It's still something, sure. you know, and, and it's still, you know, it's there's still, a, we're still men. We're still cavemen that, well, I look bigger than you and that's a cool <laughs> thing, you know. Not that I am, but those guys do, you know, and those kind of stuff. So I guess that's something I believe in that maybe others don't. I heard that was part of the reason you got doms is when you were benching and there was a couple other guys in there and you were well, I can't let them. So you may have... That's a like, true story. Yeah, I know. Just Last yeah. week I was just aching. <laughs> aching. Like my chest was just... Like I was walking around like this. I'm like, I can't even... Like, if I just open it up, it hurts so bad. Joel's walking by. I'm like, Joel, Doms, it hurts. <laughs> God, Doms, Joel, help me. But that's a true story. Yeah, I was trying to ease back and do some things, and I'm like, screw this. <laughs> if you're doing it, you're doing it. Yeah. Stupid. Just stupid. Probably wasn't the first time that's ever happened. Either. No, my gosh, <laughs> no. Nor the last. Either. Right, like, exactly. Like, I'll see it. I'll probably go after this. I'll go hit a bench or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll fire it up. I'll go to tomorrow. Not tomorrow. You know, whatever. Delayed. Yeah. Sure.
Most influential purchase for under $100 that's had the most impact in your life? Ooh, that's a really good question. Most influential purchase of under $100. Or in that general ballpark, if it goes a little over. Gosh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of what I use every single day uh, that we do. Probably my crock pot because I'm just I'm just a foodie right now. <laughs> I'm just crock pot yeah. everything. I'm using dump meals like every day, just and do that. But perfect. Um, that's a new one. That is. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Right. I've been dominating the crock pot as of late. That's not a you know no, for sure. overall thing, but well, we got a couple crock But pots for sure, there. as of late, yeah, I should get another one. Should put one in the. I office. should get up to a hundred. Dollars worth of crack two and a half. We should get one in the office. We don't have a stove or anything. Let's just put, yeah, put that in there. Would be sweet. Honestly, one of the most. I think Coach Schultz used to do that. Did he really? In his office, I'm pretty sure he had one. I'm pretty sure he's probably breaking a fire code. So <laughs> Kevin, you're probably gonna yeah. get in trouble for this, but. He I don't know. French press too, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. He a, oh, he had a whole like coffee shop in yeah, his he office. Yeah, coffee connoisseur. Still did in Madison, did he? Yeah, in Madison, he's got the same Still setup. Like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got. He's got. <laughs> he's got a good gig. You know, I worked at a coffee shop in town when I was going to school. Really? Really? I was, was a manager that? at Java Detour, which is now Mocha, uh, the, the South Side one on Mormon Cooley before it closed. There you go. Well, I was way before it closed, but. So you can make a mean cup of joe. Oh. Yes, I can make one. That's what a lot of the people going through would call me. Can I just have a nice cup of Joe? And I put Joe on my name. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. But yeah, I can make. I was a barista. See, this is why I always question was: Do I am I still a barista, even though I'm a guy, or is it barista? I think it's still barista, but barista bro. Oh, was I? Barista. And I was a jacked up barista in there, you know, and just slinging drinks everywhere. Yeah, I'll get that. Quad mocha with extra whipped cream for you. <laughs> Faster than you ever got one before. Yeah, that's right. Supercharged. That's right. Favorite books? Yeah. This I've actually one. wondered on for this you. One. I'm pretty diverse in my books. It's interesting. We just moved up to town here. We were looking through. I got like a box of red books, like books I read, and I'm like, holy cow. Like if we had like two huge boxes mm -hmm. full of it. Like it's kind of amazing what we've been through, but... You know, one of the most formative books that that's had uh, that I read, I read it every football season. So I have for like the last six years or something like that. I read it every year. I've read it like ten times. Is it's called Lead for God's Sake, and it's like it's a it's about finding your purpose and what's on your heart and how do you treat people. But um, that's definitely my favorite book because I read it all the time, and it's I buy it for all my friends and that, those kind of things and. Um, yeah, that's been a very influential book on hmm. uh, on my career or on my life, uh, certainly, but certainly my career as well with that. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I was kind of disappointed this summer. I had a big, I had big goals for books. You know, we always do. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. I just went out because I go out and I'll like buy ten of them, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna <laughs> bust through these things. And generally, I'll get through them. But like this summer, I didn't do a very good job. I Me neither. I'm I the same way this summer. Job. Pretty disappointing. Yeah. One that's been really good that I did find that I did finish when I was this summer is is the one percent solution. So it's like getting one percent better at everything you do, and hmm. you know incrementally you'll be better at stuff. But yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Nice. But I'm all into that. Yeah, like I don't read for fun. You know, like I don't. I'm the same way. Yeah, I don't do you like don't read fiction. For fun, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's 
the other one has been the seven C's, you know, winning in the locker room. Uh, <laughs> I, that's the John Gordon one with Mike Smith. That's been a, that's a, that was a good one too. There's a lot of insight there. Hmm. Uh, last one. What information would you go back and tell yourself if you could go back? Oh, ten years, you'd be just finishing up. Yeah, I would, I would, so maybe like five to seven years. Like when I was done with with done with school, or what? yeah, just starting coaching. If you could go back and tell yourself something, basically give yourself a call and say, "Hey, start doing this now." Keep slinging those mochas. Keep <laughs> just stay in the just stay in the Java industry. Yeah. We're always gonna drink coffee. Exactly. I should have stayed in that. Gosh, was that a good job? Still is like my favorite job. I love my job now, but. <laughs> was I was working at Mocha. You can see That's it now. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Football <laughs> coach question about returning to. Maybe we get one on the sidelines or something. Well, I'd like that. I'd like you know, what I'd like to have is maybe I wish that maybe I can reach out to Joan, the owner of Mocha, and Tip maybe a get a day thing. where I work back in there. Oh, there you know, oh, maybe yeah. some guest appearances. Well, I would call it that. I would think that I'd maybe work at an hourly rate. But. Um, <laughs> you know, but to maybe maybe we could call it that, you know, maybe have some recruiting ties with that or something, you know. Or, um, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. There that you we go. Could, that we could uh, work back out. But, you know, I think looking back when I looked way back, and I, I have, I've been pretty fortunate in my career where I've kind of come to that realization of making sure that you take care of, like, your family and make time. And I still struggle at it badly. I'm a workaholic. I want to be at the office, like, all the time. But it's, you know, it's kind of making sure that you, you you don't forget your purpose in life. You know, I think a lot of times with our careers, we think we're constantly, even when we're at home, is figuring some of those things out. There's another great book, Five Gears. It's about, like, you know, when you're at home, you're at home with your mind, you know. And when you're trying to accomplish tasks, you're accomplishing tasks. But we get in trouble when we're trying to get things done. Be a dad, and also like, oh, and I've got to come up with this recruiting plan. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute now, you're doing three different things that your brain can't really work on at the same time. It's trying to make sure you set time aside to be creative. Like, shut your door, don't let anybody in there. Be creative. Like, have that time to think big picture, big ideas, big things you want to do with your life. And when you're not, like, make sure that you're on, that you're in task mode. Like, you do stuff all the time, and you're doing it. Like, stay in task mode. Or when you're at home, you're at home. Like I wish I kind of figured some of that stuff out because now I feel like I'm a lot, a lot more stress-free with a lot of things. Whereas before I was like trying to do all of that, but at the same time, like I was 28, I had a paper out. How about that? That's a true story too. I had a paper out 3:30 in the morning for like four years. Wow. Brutal, brutal. Because it's every day, you know. It's not yeah. like it's, you get a day off. It's 3:30 every day. Dang, winters um, are the worst. Doing that, I was, I was in seminary and. And coaching football and dad and, you know, whatever it might have been with some of that stuff. So, you know, I wish I would have kind of figured some, some more of that out because it just alleviates a lot of stress in your life, right? Like where you can just be like, yeah, now I'm doing this. This isn't, you know, my wife, my poor wife, like it's trying to try to get to her, like she always talks about it too. She's like, I just need me time. Like I need like, even if it's just like go to Target and walk around. <laughs> I learned that my, like the head coach I worked with at Platteville, he did a great job. He'd get up in the middle of the day, he'd be like, all right, I'm stressed, I'm overworked, I'm overloaded, like, I'm just going to Walmart, I'm going to walk around for like half an hour, and then I'll be back. Like 45 minutes, he'd come back, he just would go to Walmart at like 10.30 on Monday and walk around and come back, And but it's trying to figure out some of those things and hmm. make sure you don't lose sight of that with it. But I like it, yeah. I think, you know, going back, 
as a fun thing at that time, so it'd be like, don't do the paper route, like maybe <laughs> just get a better job there or something, you go. make a little more money or... Think how much more appreciative you know you are of your job now that oh you don't have to. Gosh, just brutal. And I, you know, I, I liked it because that's kind of like my mindset. I, I love that, but it's every day you're just slinging papers. And the bad part was that we lived in a really small town in Iowa, so it wasn't like I was throwing them. Like you'd have instructions for each one, like mm -hmm. bring into my house through my living room and on my couch. What? <laughs> Well, and then I didn't think about it, but like as it went on, I'm like, what if like these people don't know that I'm in their house and I get shot or something? Like, Paperboy 28 dies in the <laughs> house or whatever. Like, they, they knew you had the torn all their collateral. Yeah, so right. They just wanted you. They wanted to save me. I understand yeah. that. They probably wanted me to work a little bit more, and <laughs> exercise a little bit more too. That's probably part of it too. But cool. <laughs> well, in closing, where did people follow you? Follow. Football. Yeah, so we, we're pretty active on Twitter at UWL Football. I think it's UWLFTBALL, I think is what it is on Twitter. We'll link it up. We'll, yeah. we'll search it down. I link think it that's up. what it is. Is that what it is? I don't I, know. I think that's what it is. Maybe it's UWLFB. Um, and then mine is at uh, UWL Coach Schmidt uh, on Twitter. So we're pretty active there, and you can also find us on Facebook with everything. So. Cool. Yeah. On YouTube, I saw this spring. Yeah, we did Hopefully some YouTube stuff. Up. We'll keep going with, with that. We actually bought a drone. Yeah. I we bought like, that. not that little one. We got oh. like a truly high powered drone. So if you guys want some drone, we talked about it. We talked about it. Maybe we'll have to do one of these we like, bought like a thousand on the drone. L and we'll just have the drone. Yeah, we bought a thousand dollar drone. That's wow. like got the big time. It's a professional one, so it's got the big time stuff. So now it's like, who do we kind of trust that with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll get a little clinically pressed sticker on there. Yeah. What do you do on YouTube? We do like Pratt. We well, we did some mic'd up stuff with our coaches this spring and um, competitions. Some compet yeah, fun Coach Avers, Coach Lichty. That we had like you know we had O line D line yeah. competition, catching punts and and we had Coach A Coach Lichty, the two magnets go against each other in a fast uh, you know one on one uh, <laughs> deal, but. Yeah, just fun. A lot of fun stuff, you know, is what we are. We're and we got to get. We're gonna get some more recruiting things we got in the works right now that we're doing. But it's more so just a lot of fun, you know, letting our personality out a little bit on some of that stuff. Which I think that a lot of the, you know, you'll see a lot of football programs are like tweeting out motivation stuff and saying, okay, like that barf, like uh, <laughs> you know, let let's see who you are when people look look you up, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, like let people see who you are. Screw around. Perfect. Sounds good. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Appreciate you. It. Good luck.